You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yep. And welcome back. Talking Knicks, people. Oh God, I'm starting over. Oh my God! All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut off my recorder and then leave the podcast. <laughs> the frog in my throat. You wish. <laughs> All right, second attempt. Yeah. And welcome back to Talking Nicks, where we talk Nicks, guys. I uh, you can tell by the excitement in my voice. Um, that we're not talking too much Knicks basketball. We'll talk about Scott Perry announced he's coming back uh, because he did such a good job this year. Uh, some other general basketball news. There was a Disney World plan thrown out there. We're going to catch up with the guys a little bit. Tom Piccolo, Big Baby David, myself, Jake Storielli, and of course, we'll talk a little Last Dance because it's a basketball podcast, people. So let's talk Knicks slash Last Dance. Welcome back to Talking Knicks. I've decided I'm just, I think I'm just going to be an intro electric factory from here on out. Like, no, no more BS. No more welcome to the show. It's happening. You're at the show. It's one of those, I'm trying to think, it's like if, if you went to a medieval times and you just got speared on the way in. Uh, <laughs> that's the new Talking Knicks mantra. Uh Thomas J. Piccolo, my good friend. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. And Jake, you've done a pretty good job spearing us so far. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, this has been strong. No, I don't know. I, I'm doing the same thing I do every day. Nothing, nothing new on this end. There's nothing new. But uh, I'm excited to talk a little bit of Knicks. And, and I've been watching The Last Dance. I don't know if you guys heard, but this upcoming episode, the next one is supposed to be – very Knicks focused. So we'll actually have a reason Ooh. to talk about it next week. I think Knicks focused, and I think we're supposed to get some Kobe. This this Sunday might be a mess. Um, this is going to be the Kobe one? I, I think uh, I, I saw a tweet about that today. So get get ready to have the, the tears jerked more than normal Sunday. And that other beautiful voice you heard was none other than Big Baby David. Mr. Mendelson, how are you? I'm well, Jake. <laughs> This afternoon, whoa, oh my God. this afternoon, uh, we, uh, we, we concluded our day of working together and then, uh, and I, I went on a pretty deep YouTube Sudoku rabbit hole. Um, I'm not, I don't know how I feel about what I did with myself today, but wait, what is the, what is a Sudoku YouTube rabbit hole? I know, question, Sudoku, I know you, yeah, that's I the appropriate follow-up question. <laughs> Don't mix the two. Uh, it's uh, this guy. I don't know who he is. It came up with my suggestion. I think, I think a lot of people have had this video suggested recently. It has like almost 3 million views. It's him doing this insane Sudoku puzzle with like only four 
numbers filled in at the start. If you're familiar with Sudoku, not a lot of numbers to be given at the beginning. And it had like, you got to have like a, the, a magic square in the middle. And that meant like all three rows had to add up to the same number. Um, and so that was nuts. And the diagonals countered as well, which was crazy. I mean, I guess that gave him more hints in the long run. So I got caught up in that video. And then I was like, well, that was awesome. I, I don't know who the guy is. He's some British guy. I assume he's like a math professor or something. Um, but maybe so it's because he's well. British. So no, and then I watched, really... I watched four more. And each one is like, he's doing like insane, like special edition Sudokus. And they're just, they're wild with the rules people come up with i think i know wow. less about sudoku than i realized but uh... <laughs> i i used to play on my iphone quite a bit um until probably like six months ago that phase stopped then this video came across my feed today and i was like i gotta check this out and so you said you watched four I videos think I've changed how, long, forever. how long does one video last um all four that i watched were each uh, on average about a half hour Oh no! So, I watched I watched a full length movie of <laughs> of this guy. That is four times playing Sudoku. I think, as an employer, I think I have to report that to someone. <laughs> um, God, well, that's good. Um, for me, Sudoku, I feel like it's it's the salary of of phone games or brain exercises for me i'd say once a year i'm like you know what yeah i kind of like this it's a little competitive you know you gotta okay this that process of elimination and then i feel like i do it on a flight and by the end of the flight i curse off sudoku and i'm never doing it again i've made a point in my life where i'm just doing it on planes but i think i've got i broke back in this afternoon i'm back in the game Huh? I don't have a I don't have a ton to add there. I I'm a big Minesweeper guy. I play. Love, I, I'll do I'll do crossword them. puzzles, um, but never really ventured into the Sudoku. I'm not a numbers guy, so. Yeah. I very recently uh, got into Solitaire again, uh, which the people who are familiar with the BBD origin story, Solitaire is a big part. The the story of BBD doesn't happen without Solitaire. And uh, if you haven't, and if you, I, you've probably already heard, but after the MJ documentary is over, we are airing the 10 part BBD documentary. Um, and if you miss the solitaire episode, You'll be lost. you're going to be lost. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, we'll, we'll get back to <laughs> the last dance. We won't get back to Sudoku. I promised that, but uh, I oh. can't promise that actually. But uh, guys, we did, we did have some, I'll say breaking Knicks news today, which which it really was, is that Scott Perry will be returning to the New York Knickerbockers for next year. And uh, honestly, it's I, I think the instant reaction is, no, why fire him? And maybe I'm <laughs> bouncing it off you guys to see if that's the wrong reaction. Um, I, I don't know, Tom. Was Is there an instant response to this? Is it we shouldn't be as knee jerky. Should we be more knee jerky? What, what should we be thinking about this or what's your reaction? I mean, it might not make for good radio, but my initial reaction was just a, a pretty, a pretty hearty shoulder shrug. It was just like, eh, I'm not surprised by it. Um, like 
I would have been much more surprised if they fired him and like started a search at this time. I don't really know what that search would have looked like in the age of coronavirus. It's just, I don't know. I, I feel like th this was probably the, the status quo move. Granted, maybe you don't really want so much status quo if you're the Knicks, like things haven't been going great. But I don't know. Th this, this is, it's a, he has one more year on his deal. Um, he's going to – it would be even weirder, I think, if they, if they fired him. And then it's like, well, who's going to be making the, the draft picks uh, for this upcoming draft? And I, I saw someone argue on Twitter that, like, you are banking on the fact that Scott Perry has been doing – you know, research on, on prospects, right? <laughs> like he should have pretty, you know, healthy scouting reports on a lot of guys at this point. And if you fired someone and then hired a new person to come in, they would not have a lot of time before the draft to like get their ducks in a row. Um, granted, if you hired someone, hopefully they would have been doing their research prior, but at the same time, like <laughs> Scott Perry, he's, you know, he's been working all year towards this, right? So um, I think it makes sense to let him make some draft picks. He hasn't, we were going through his, uh, his, his like past performance in the draft and it, and it hasn't been atrocious. So I'm, I'm not too worried about this, Jake. Yeah. Uh, and we, we started going through the picks a little bit and yeah, I, I, I guess, uh, on comparison to, to probably around the league. I, th I think drafting, he's done a pretty good job, especially if you do throw in a Mitch Rob in there. Um, you know, it's the Orlando ones kind of weird you out a little bit because Oladipo kind of didn't pan out there, but they still kind of had the pick right. So um, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, I'm kind of with you at the same time. It's almost like, <laughs> shouldn't more heads be rolling in Knicks land? I don't know. Yeah, I'm at – point I, I don't mind that he's back I guess I and mean, we talked about it when Mills got fired I don't know what exactly Perry's responsibilities were um but I don't know it's just weird um because what I didn't know if it, I guess was his contract supposed to be up after this season or something uh but, right. but to bring him back this because in the Shams tweet it said he's back on a one-year deal and that's just like not something that happens for like coaches or executives. You don't like tell them they have one year. So that's the that's the part I take issue with. I don't care if he's back or not, but it's just, like why they're tell him two years. You can fire him whenever, but either like just like on paper say two years or be done with him. But well, actually, BBD, that's a good question, I, and I I don't think I know the answer. Is a uh was he just signed to a one-year deal or did he already have this extra year on his contract? I feel like it shouldn't have been like an, an announcement if he did, if he wasn't like already under contract for next year. Right. Cause the, the, the Shams tweet. The two sides agreed to a one-year contract for Perry to remain in his current role. That's really yeah. odd phrasing. <laughs> yeah, the Knicks will retain Scott Perry's general manager on a one-year deal, is what Sham said. Interesting. Okay. Um, I just, I don't know if he had what his previous deal was. I forget the terms now. I assume it was like three years or something, and he's at the end of that, or two years, and he's at the end of that. I, I guess where my brain's jumping, weird, and I, but... I, I feel like we did this at the end of the Phil Jackson regime, hashtag last dance is that uh, what are we saying here with, with the one-year contract? What is going to happen 
in the one year that we're saying, oh, sign Perry to a three-year deal. Because I don't see that happening. It, it just and, – and, hey, maybe this is the Nick Sinek in me, and maybe that Nick Sinek is right because he's seen a lot of shit. But aren't, aren't we going to be here this time next year for the draft saying, uh, well, we're hiring a new guy, and he, he hates the guy Scott Perry drafted last year. <laughs> that would – I mean, that's a pretty foreseeable thing. And <laughs> now that you say yeah. it, like, eh, that, that wouldn't be the craziest thing to happen. Um, I, f- I forget who I saw tweeted this, probably Ian Begley, but who knows. But they said something like, Scott Perry uh, worked closely with Leon Rose because Leon Rose was Mello's agent. So they worked together when they were trading Mello. So they got close then. So Leon Rose plans to lean on him. But in that case, but then why are you only committing one year if this is a guy you think you can lean on and you like? It's just weird. The, the, it's just weird. It's of, co- of course, the Knicks can't just do something normal and just say, like, he's still going to be here. He's he's still gm leon rose is making executive decision on whatever just can't be normal if scott perry is your guy you think you would kind of commit to him a little bit more and like i don't know one year just seems like a half measure to me or it's just like we'll see how you do and and he is kind of like a a lame duck and jake you said that or someone one of you said that like you don't really do a one-year deal for for coaches and gms um, and but like the parallel to the last dance is we see how that kind of works out um, in that final season where Phil Jackson, granted they did win the title and spoiler alert, but whoa, but that whole season was just oh. riddled with turmoil and like if Phil's not back, Michael's not back and like it was it was brutal. Not to compare, you know, yeah, Perry, not to compare Perry to Phil Jackson. I'm just saying it is strange that like they agreed to a one year term and and who knows what, what happens after that. Yeah, it might be a fun scavenger hunt, um, whether it's someone within the Talking Knicks community or what, but <laughs> GM slash executives getting one-year deal, how many of them are back the next year? Because I doubt it's a high number. <laughs> are back after it's, like, reported one year done. God. Weird. I've, I've never even heard, like, of a new deal being a one-year deal. <laughs> exactly yeah it's not like it's not like (laughs) the report was scott perry will be back to for the last year of his contract it was like he's back on a one-year deal maybe it's as simple as it's corona time you're not hiring an executive in which case well bad timing for the knicks obviously because they wanted a new guy maybe it's as simple as that and of course it doesn't work out for the Knicks timeline but (laughs) of course it can't be normal what to what does Scott Perry have to do to get a longer contract next time? Like what what we're sitting here this time next year. Like what will we have had to have seen for Scott Perry to be like, yes, bring this guy back, re up it, let's get multi multiple years on that guy's deal. Because um, uh, I frankly don't know. Like I'm assuming a, a Dan Smith Jr. trade. That would I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. If they get anything know. of value for DSJ or. Um... Not, not to change the sub- subject slightly, but that's what I'm doing. Like, is is he making the coaching hire or decision? Because then that's just bonkers. If he's gonna make that choice, and I think just Dolan, gone. Dolan, Leon Rose, and um, God, I I don't know. 
I, I was gonna I was trying to think of a witty friend of James Dolan that was a famous person, but I couldn't even think of anyone because I don't know any. Um like bring back Spike Mills Lee two months ago, but bring back Mills. Yeah, he burnt that bridge. Um <laughs> I, I and I don't know, man. It and it's again we you end up in these dark talking next holes a little bit. Um but uh, I mean, because I was gonna say, is it is it on RJ Barrett? Like is you know, did Mills say, tie me to R.J. Baird, and I promise you we'll get to where we want to go? Um, but at the same time, this goes back to the Knicks getting the third pick, where, like, essentially a decision didn't have to be made. R.J. Barrett Correct. was clearly the third player in the draft. If, if, if anyone was banging the, the table for Darius Garland or DeAndre Hunter, uh, you know, it, it would have been ludicrous. So, uh, I don't know. Um, it just seems... It, it seems like LOL Knicks, but at the same time, um, maybe there are parts we're missing, whether it's Crony or something else, or maybe they're just setting him up to be a scapegoat for next season because, like we're saying, mm. it, it should be ugly again. But, um, yeah, it, it seems pretty LOL Knicks. But at the same time, the Warriors came out today and said that they're planning on the season being canceled, which yeah. uh, maybe we could talk about the Disneyland thing a little bit. Uh, and it, it kind of made me laugh a little bit in the LOL Knicks world because if the Knicks organization had said that, the Knicks would have gotten roasted today. But Golden State says it, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, Steve Kerr. I saw Steve him in Kerr the documentary. Steve Kerr can say anything. Yeah. It's fine. And he's earned it. God. What, um, where, Tom, where are you at with uh, hoops coming back? Do you think we're seeing hoops this year? So the last time, last time Greg and I spoke on a pod was probably almost two weeks ago now. Um, I was saying that I thought that like no more regular season games would happen. Like whoever was in the playoff picture right now, like that's it. That's the cutoff. And that they would do like a probably shorten the, the, the first couple rounds to, to best of five. I think that they would play not in front of fans it would be like empty gyms but 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 probably some some light television crews um to try and recoup some of that lost cash um the, to the, those two weeks feel like a long time ago i don't know i even have less of a feel now than i did two weeks ago at this point it's, it's kind of hard to say because i knew nothing back then but i don't know guys like i it would not shock me if uh if this season were just entirely canceled i mean they seem very motivated to figure out a way to get playoffs done and i mean the everything from like baseball this week is they're very confident they'll play now they can go until november if they really want to basketball at some point you gotta just like it's next season now um uh you guys talked about it a couple weeks ago the you'll take a month of playoff games for one less month of season oh if easily. you push and stuff like, back and people argue more. it should start at christmas anyway right so like who cares everyone wants basketball's regular season shorter so they have more wiggle room than i than people might realize but at this point i think the regular season is definitely canned i just don't see a way to do it yeah and that, that's the only part that gets a little tricky in my head is that um you know, I, I was even dreaming of a world where Silver just calls it and says, hey, 
Bucks versus Lakers, NBA Finals, run it. You guys were both the one seeds. I know that's a little ridiculous. Um, the, the biggest thing that has me worried is, I mean, basketball, you know, you, you got to get your shots up and your flow going and game speed is very much a thing that if they are going to jump straight in the playoffs, I mean, they need to have a, like, exhibition schedule or something because mm. – uh, I don't know. It just feels like a setup for disaster if the, you know, let's say the one seed Bucks go into the playoffs, a team that shoots a ton of threes, and they're just bricking threes left and right. And what if they got upset? Like, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, crazier things have happened, right? And then that just ties into that, okay, our product is out there, but is it our best NBA product? So I, I do feel they either – need a close to the regular season or some sort of exhibition plan that I, uh, I obviously don't have figured out. Yeah. And to BBD's point, I would much rather like even having next, the, the 2020, 2021 seasons, like literally just start in 2021, start after new year's January 1st and like run it through, have, have a four month truncated regular season and then start playoffs on time and sort of like get back to normal that way. Um, because it would be a shame. Like there's, there's been so much play the, during for, like for this season and so many compelling storylines, so many good teams. You got Kawhi in LA, LeBron in LA, like all these, all these good teams, teams that fans are invested in. Um, it would be really tough to just hit the reset button at this point. Um, I do think that the Knicks season is over though. I don't think the Knicks will be playing any more basketball. Um, in, That's okay. In yeah. That's fine. That's- that may that may work out. Uh, hey, good job, RJ Barrett. Maybe maybe we'll do some some end of your Knicks stuff coming up. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see which which major league comes out with the plan yet. I know in baseball, where I, thumb is more on the pulse as of late. They're they're talking about these multi city plans, and in in my head, that works for basketball too. You do a couple. Um, you know, four different arenas and maybe uh, you do two games a day. I don't know. Um, That's for people smarter than me to figure out. Um, And as always with any of this, you know, we got to see what the world dictates. But uh, I I don't know. It seems, you know, Stern wanting to get the – Stern. Silver wanting to get the gym was open. Um, Does seem like uh, the the NBA is going to try for it. And I know with the the MLB, there's a lot of moving parts because – um, you know, if they don't start the season, the owners don't have to pay the players, which is $4 billion worth of salaries. So if MLB starts, they need to make sure they can get a whole season in. NBA, I mean, they're already in it. So uh, interested to see if, yeah. if they've – let's see what Silver's got up his sleeve, Tom Bo. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're all watching. I, I, playoff basketball is the best. Like those, those first couple of rounds, I feel like it, the playoffs take so long. Like mm-hmm. you kind of lose some steam, but the, the first like weekend of playoff basketball is so much fun with like all the good players playing. It's super competitive. Um, it's a blast. So yeah, it's, it's a bummer we're yeah. missing it right now. And hopefully the, the smart guys at the, at the NBA league office can figure out something. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Cause they are motivated. Cause even more so than any other sport, the playoffs are so much more fun in basketball than like their regular season product. And there is a world where they can do the quarantine, you know, city or whatever, because they only have to do it for a month. 
we're like, you know, we're talking about baseball trying to squeeze a regular season and playoffs in, and that's going to be like a five month endeavor in basketball. You could get, if you just jump to the playoffs, it's smaller rosters, smaller staffs, everything there. You don't have to have as much room. And if you can keep them away for a month, maybe you make the first two rounds, best of five. Um, you can, you can keep it moving. So formatting changes, BBD. I'm changing, changing the history. Noodle is hit all sorts of pissed off tonight, especially when you mentioned the the five round playoff series. Noodle, I will, I will pounce on you. I mean, best of five would totally lead to to more upsets. That'd be kind of fun. That's Um, fine. I feel like even in regular during regular times, if you had like a a first seed buy and were able to work in some some best of five. first round like that that's a, it adds up to, to the drama a lot more in the best of seven series i feel like the best the better team always wins unless something fl- really fluky happens but the best of five like it really anything could happen there yeah, i think in the in the first round anyway I've, i'm kind of in favor of a best of five even like when we're not dealing with a pandemic so i'm like i'm, I'm interested in that moving forward but this is a chance to try it out and do it you can just do it for the first two because we're not working with a, with as much time as you need. Got to get it moving, get it done. And, and maybe we set up one of these hubs in Puerto Rico where we saw Coach Jackson coaching in the last dance. Um, and you you mentioned all eyes on UBBD uh, or all eyes on the NBA playoffs. Uh, all eyes have been on the the last dance. The ratings are still nuts and. I think it was funny. We we haven't fully circled it. BBD, you've you've seen my thoughts on JJR, um, Tom. I uh, well, you're always in my head. But uh, I thought it was funny. The first two episodes were great. I think people were a little taken back by the formatting to a degree because it was jumping all over, and it was you know it was depicted as MJ's last season, and it turns out they're just doing the whole story basically, um, and having it uh, surmise in the last season. Is that the right word? Mm. I don't know. But, um, it's put through the scope of it. Yeah, I'm getting a hard head shake no from Tom. Um, <laughs> and either way, we get, uh, which no matter what kind of documentary you're doing, episodes three and four, we basically get the Rodman, Phil Jackson part of the documentary, which um, just incredible stuff. And I think with people now knowing the format, that they're going to jump around a lot and go back in time and forward in time. Uh, episodes three and four were uh, nothing short of incredible all the behind the scenes footage all the known stuff already incredible and everything else that came out um uh, i don't know i guess I, I guess we'll start broad bbd when you if you think back what's the first image that hops into your head from eps three and four of the last dance um hmm well those old pictures of phil are like this single image that okay that get me uh just like I mean, he was a hippie. <laughs> Damn hippie. Yeah. I forget which person said it, but they someone in the in the episode said, "Yeah, he was he was like a hippie with the way he acted." It was, like, it was the 70s, he just was a hippie. Uh wasn't like <laughs> one. <laughs> That's yeah. What uh what 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 jumps out to you, Tom Bone? Well, I think there are a couple things um one that like everyone was kind of talking about was when they showed Michael Jordan, the, the clip of Isaiah Thomas sort of explaining 
why they didn't shake hands at the end of that 1991 Eastern Conference Finals. And and MJ kind of like preempted it, saying like, I know what he's going to say already. Like he he's going to say like, it, you know, it was a different time. Or he's had all this time to think of it. And, yeah. and and he did call what what Isaiah ended up saying. Too much. Um, he Isaiah evoked the whole like Celtics did it too, but I've heard on other podcasts like that they completely debunked that that theory. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that that was one thing. Like clearly, Michael Jordan still hates Isaiah Thomas, and I think a lot of Knicks fans hate Isaiah Thomas. So like we can kind of get on board with yeah. that. Okay. Um, and then the other thing is is clearly the. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much this was known, but like the whole Dennis Rodman sabbatical, like weekend vacation, weekend at Bernie, yeah, like I, I don't know if that was known. I didn't. Know, so I find myself knowing a lot of this stuff already, like the whole Scottie Pippen contract thing and how underpaid he was, and um, like like most of these other storylines, I'm pretty familiar with, which is why the jumping around the timelines doesn't bother me that much. I had no idea that Dennis Rodman went to Las Vegas for a weekend and like MJ busted into his room with Palmer Electra. And I, I mean, I'm, there <laughs> that had to be story, that story but I don't know the image of Dennis Rodman leaving that parking lot, like crushing a Coors <laughs> light before he gets on his motorcycle without a helmet. Yeah. That was the first thing I was, that's why I said, I was, I was watching my wife Rose. And so I was like, wow, he's just drinking a beer and getting on a motorcycle. And the first thing she says, no helmet. I was like, all right. <laughs> Wow, she's in the medical field, so that's that's the kind of stuff she notices. But. Good catch by Rose, because yeah, yeah, I was, uh, I, I, I mean, that's unbelievable. Because it was almost a throw-in at the end of the episode. He walks out, he's in full biker gear, he's got the bandana, leather jacket. I, I want to say it was a Miller, um, and he oh, hops I on Coors, his, I gave Coors a plug, didn't I? No, yeah, I Tom, you're always giving them plugs. Um, but there's like fans. There's fans watching as he drink. He slugs a Miller, gets on his chopper, no helmet, as Rose mentions, and I've I've missed for three days, um, and just cruises out. And it's like what? Uh, and it's uh, I don't know, man. The whole Rodman story is incredible. Uh, last time bragging about it, um, how I son Bill Simmons because he tried to have a hot take and it was terrible. Um, but man, it's um. It really is ridiculous that for any of these teams that come together, you have kind of incredible stories, um, you know, and not to cross sports too quickly, but I mean, you know, Tom Brady, the six round pick out of Michigan, that's not too, too, too insane, but it kind of is. Um, and then, but you know, this insane competitor and then Bill Belichick kind of ruthless, the crazy coach, whatever. Um, baseball. I mean, if you want to go back to Babe Ruth days, like he was an orphan, um, kind of insane this Bulls team with Michael Jordan you know obviously world-class competitor just sunning Scott Burrell on the plane <laughs> with Scotty Pippen who what was he was the a team assistant at uh what was it Central Arkansas or something like that yeah that's where he graduated high school right and then he am I wrong about this yeah. or was he at like a junior college or something oh no jake you're right i think he did grow maybe it was there six inches i know he grew a bunch into his sophomore year of college though right like yes i think that's right yeah he was a graduate assistant at a small like school in in arkansas yeah central arkansas tom i don't want to put you on the spot were you a grad assistant for a year 
<laughs> I was a, I was a manager, so I was more like the Smith brothers. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you wish, you wish you were a Smith brother, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying like, okay, so you put Scotty in there and then, I mean, Dennis Rodman was homeless and he's another guy who had a late yeah. growth spurt and just the, the whole story behind it and being kind of wrangled in by Chuck Daly by not being wrangled in. And then <laughs> when Phil Jackson was saying we related over being like Native American stuff, I was like, is this like racist? Are we going to look back at this? <laughs> and... Very politically incorrect. But, yeah, no, <laughs> the Chuck Daly quote was, you don't put a saddle on a Mustang. I love that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's, uh, that's, I have to tell myself that about BBD every day. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm trying to think that the Phil Jackson stuff, uh, that was that was a perfect, you know, the the jokes we've been making about them jumping around. I mean, the Phil Jackson part was perfect. It's, yep, I, I was raised by religious people in Wyoming. I became good at basketball. I was on the Knicks. I did drugs. I coached in Puerto Rico. The mayor shot someone, and I'm <laughs> around the league. And it was like, what? I, what? If if you zoned out for four minutes during that Phil Jackson part, you were like, am, "Did what? I change the channel?" <laughs> so much shit. <laughs> God. They, uh, I mean, and he was hot in Puerto Rico, man. Like, do you see him screaming at that ref? That was like, I yeah, or Phil Jackson. Intense. You think of him as being like a Zen dude, but young Phil Jackson was, and they were saying he kind of had learned yet. bad boy style a little bit. Yeah, that was kind yeah. of the way he played. He's just he's kind of just that big bruiser. Uh, yeah. Yeah, BBD, you are right. I, I guess I didn't I semi appreciated it, but now looking back, I mean, that young Phil Jackson is so different than especially the Knicks Phil Jackson we have in our head falling asleep at Dennis Smith Jr.'s tryouts. And it turns out Phil was right on that too. That's fine. <laughs> didn't he's right to do that. Phil was all over it. It feels all over. Wow. And then uh, and it's not even the most interesting part because, like, Dennis Rodman is just the most interesting thing to ever exist. It was cool Insane. the way things worked back then, where it was like, you know, the Celtics and Lakers owned the league, and then in the Pistons, like, they won back-to-back. -back. They made it to the to finals three times in a row. Um, but, like, you know, teams had to kind of pay their dues and take their lumps before winning a championship. Mm. I don't know if that was just like a narrative thing or because you know people always said that when LeBron was early in, in his career that like like the Celtics well, he couldn't like get past those Pistons. Celtics um, in that case I think it's true but there kind of hasn't been anything since then and now there's been a couple like mini I feel like there's too much star movement as of now that's what it is yeah, yeah. A lot of that, and I think like the Warriors were just in 2015 when they first won their title like they didn't really get beaten up multiple times or it kind of felt like they came out of nowhere to a degree, right? Like mm. I mean, the year before, I think they lost to the Clippers maybe in the playoffs. Yeah. That year before was the first time they were good. Right. And like maybe the year before that it was the Nuggets. I, I forget how, how it went, but I don't know. It, it didn't have the kind of mythology of the, of Michael Jordan having to go against these Pistons because they played the Pistons. I think it was like four seasons in a row or something. It might have been more than that. Um, so it was like a, a real heated rivalry and like people really hated each other. Um, I don't know. Like I know with the Raptors last title, it was just, we signed 
Kawhi Leonard as like a, a right. mercenary and he came in, won a title and left. It's just, it's, it feels completely different nowadays and kind of more appropriate for this whole like social media age. We all have short attention spans, like players are always turning over so quickly. There's headlines every day. It just, it, it does, it feels very of the moment versus yeah. back then where it's just like everyone paid their dues. It's, and maybe I'm mythologizing it a little bit, but that's just how, how, yeah. how it feels. To some extent, the Raptors, had that you know they were they they were calling it lebronto for a while because he would just beat the raptors every year even though they were building and then the year they happened to finally like make the big move and flip to rosen into lau into Kawhi leonard it happened to be the year lebron left so they didn't even have to go through him so uh, <laughs> good timing so it didn't feel that... like a dethroning moment there there hasn't been a dethroning in the league in a decade but and it... And maybe who we should be pointing at are two Western Conference teams who had a chance to dethrone Golden State. It was the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, who, you know, if Clay doesn't go nuts in what, that, that game six, you know, they probably would have knocked off Golden State. Katie stays. I mean, you start doing that, you get insane. How about the Houston Rockets? Um, you know, they, they had them, what, on their home court? And if they, they made – two out of 27 threes they probably win that game um so so maybe it is a little closer than than we're depicting i don't know it's happened but i guess the timeline is so much quicker now because of like the way max contracts work and stuff like the teams are only together for so long so it was like you lose to them i mean i guess they lost like the rockets lost to them twice but that's not a thing compared to like the Bulls lost the Pistons four years in a row or whatever the number is. Yeah, I, I always have a weird moment when they say when Michael Jordan's career started in the NBA because I'm like, crap. Like, he was he was in the NBA a few years before I was born. Um, and I, I just don't picture him that way because it, it felt like I saw so much Michael Jordan. Uh, Tom, I want to go back to Isaiah for a second. And uh, not to be, like, too gossipy, but – uh, me and Jimmy John Boy did talk about this on JJR a little bit, and I mean, I, I kind of love it. And there's also part of me that's a little, why isn't it viewed differently from the standpoint of, like, in theory, it's bad sportsmanship, right? Like we, everything we've been taught in sportsmanship, and Isaiah Thomas has paid a big price, but, and maybe it's me kind of disliking Isaiah Thomas, but I'm okay with that. Um, like, do you think, do you, do you feel bad that Isaiah Thomas has to not have a gold medal, which he pretty much should? Cause I do not. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I feel too bad about that. Um, and, and part of the reason might be, so, so the, you're talking about when the dream team was formed, how Isaiah Thomas was snubbed, um, by 92, like Isaiah Thomas fell off a cliff in terms of his career production more so than like any other all-time player ever. So I want to say like by the time 92 rolled around, was he even, I guess he was still an all-star. I'm just looking at like his stats. I don't think he was like an all NBA level player at that time. So, so you, you don't think that MJ's, you think MJ's involvement in that is a little bit of fallacy? No, no. Okay, fine. Okay. Like, (laughs) Yeah, he would be on that team just from like because because they gave they gave Bird and Magic kind of the legendary status. Um, they, they got them 
on the team. And so, you know, by that time, by 92, Bird and Magic weren't like the best players in the league either, I don't think. Um, mm. It was starting to be that, that, that Barkley, MJ, because, you know, by that time, like they're all drafted in 84. Hakeem, this is, this is eight years into their career. This is their prime. So, so you know, the, the other guys, the, the Birds and, and Magics and Isaiahs, I think they were getting a little up there. But, yeah, for sure, Michael Jordan probably made an ultimatum being like, I won't play on this team if Isaiah's on the team. I don't feel too badly about that, um, especially given what came after in Isaiah's career and like what he was doing with the Knicks and, and the sexual harassment stuff that came out. Yeah, there. Like, probably bad guy. Yeah. He seems like a sort of a bad dude. I don't have much sympathy for him at all. Yeah. He's guy got away with just being short and soft spoken uh, a lot compared to his peers. I, I want to take like an interesting tact at it and be like, well, he didn't actually deserve it, but I'm looking at his numbers and, and based on his legacy. Yeah. There, there's really no excuse for him to not have been, you know, rewarded with the, with a trip to, to Barcelona. But Hey, that's what happens. If you play, yeah. if you play a certain style and you upset the, the wrong people, like the, there are repercussions here, actions. And, you know, you saw like video of Michael Jordan, shaking hands with the Pistons players and even him doing interviews after the game where he was saying things like this had to have killed him to say, but he was just like the better team won. They were better than us tonight. It was that it was after Scottie Pippen had that migraine game where you could have just as easily made an argument that maybe they weren't the better team. Um, yeah, but he still like said all the right things. I mean, um, not, not that Michael Jordan's like some great sport, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I feel he's like no this, saint. this <laughs> he's no, yeah. This documentary, one of the biggest criticisms I've seen of it is that it's just told strictly through Michael Jordan's uh, perspective, right? right? And, and he is portrayed, like, all of the interviews by the, your Mike Wilbons and your Sam Smiths are sort of, like, people in awe of Michael Jordan. And even when they're critical, they're, like, criticizing how, like, how competitive he was. Like, it's just – it's a lot of myth-making and, like, turn, making him into a god and um, not so much the – the fallible part of Michael Jordan, which I, I don't think we're really going to get yeah. in this documentary because otherwise Jordan wouldn't have really greenlit it. So you, you have to pay a, a, that's kind of the price you pay for having a documentary like this. But um, I suppose he did say that by that, like you're not, they're not going to like the way he looks in it. Um, and we are only four parts into a 10 part series. So there's time for that to change, I suppose, but it seems like, uh, and Michael Jordan put this out to so people would like him again, even though he said they wouldn't. It's kind of a little bit of like softening expectations, and it's like, oh no, you just look good in this, man. It's a uh, yeah. The MJ stuff is funny because I just you know maybe it's just the weird connected dots in my in my head because we all had this kind of taken aback moment where we were like, wow, Michael Jordan going to Vegas to get Scottie Pippen like that or not to get Scottie to get Dennis Rodman that's the craziest shit I've heard like the the best <laughs> basketball player of all time mid-season had to go to a Vegas hotel room to get his third best player and Before... then I kind of I kind of thought about it for a second and I was like hey, you know what? That Jordan guy didn't hate gambling. I wonder if he put a little money on the deck before he happened to snag Rodman. Yeah, twist his arm and get Michael Jordan to Las Vegas. Like, <laughs> oh, no. Sure that, was, that was a tough sell. 
before uh, before we get into, into that part, the one I do have like one question about that sequence. So Rodman was supposed to have like 48 hours before he had to get back to the team, and but he stayed in Vegas longer than the 48, right? That's why they went yes. and got him. By how much did he miss it by before they sent Jordan? I couldn't like piece that part together. I got the impression it wasn't very much at all. I don't think that I don't it's think just that they knew Rodman, he wasn't back. It's either fifty-five or seventy-two. Mm. Yeah, I'm blanking on the number. They, I know they. I remember. I'm remembering now that they flashed the numbers like, and they had the graphics like without the team's permission. They I definitely did a rolling existed. ticker to make it look like it was a lot longer. Mm. Like they rolled the numbers, and it was like, okay, <laughs> Rodman's gone. And then, of course, but yeah, then back to what we were saying. Of course, Jordan went because Jordan loved Vegas rather infamously. And, like he uh, played golf and gambled, and then he grabbed uh, Rodman. Now that, that was I a, think about it, that was a key part of part two. Um, was that like the day before dropping and what, what was the number sixty points on the Celtics? Uh, he, he like golfed against Danny Ainge and got however much money out of it so not bad not bad <laughs> between him pippen and phil i have a feeling it was just michael saying oh i'll go you guys don't have to worry about it <laughs> one of us has to do it yeah it's a, it sounded a lot more like jordan was on his way not that he the guy's planning to go today anyway so he was there and then him on my way out rodman's here Oh. What? oh, I guess I could. What the hell's going on out there? <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think uh, it's obviously awesome. It's so much better than watching the Knicks. And I think um, uh, it was really cool when they when Rodman asked for the vacation, they passed the phone around to everyone. And uh, Scotty's looking at it. Phil's looking at it. Rodman's looking at it. And he's uh, – Man, man, I might dedicate the rest of my night to getting a Rodman impression because I don't really know what's going on there. Um, well, feels... When he was talking about grabbing rebounds and he was like, clicks here, bounces that way. He was just, he, there's a lot more clicking than I remember in, in like <laughs> rebounding in basketball. He was like, click here. He said click a lot. Do yeah. we think that's closer to genius or idiotic? Because I've heard both sides. It's Savant for sure. Like he knows okay. what he's talking about, and the way, mm. like in his mind, okay, he's completely right. It's just like yeah. you're not explaining it in a way that anyone else is going to like understand exactly. or, or really like, you know. Granted, they also cut it up a bunch. Maybe it was extremely yeah. articulate, and they just got <laughs> right. Head. That's true. And it was just like yeah. that way, and he just like made. I a think bunch it's of more. It's more likely it's one of those things. Just like he understands this on like such a higher level. Like he's he is just such like an intuitive rebounder. He couldn't possibly really explain it to anybody. Yeah, because I think I think Kevin O'Connor tweeted out something like, "Man, I learned more in twenty seconds about rebounding than I had my entire life." And it's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> you you learned about how Dennis Rodman thinks about rebounding. <laughs> what he just said doesn't mean you go out to the local Y. And you're going to be grabbing you're rebounds. Go. You're going to be a weirdo if you start doing that. <laughs> God. <laughs> Heavy crazy. stuff. Heavy stuff. Bob I don't know, boys. In the, what else, what else do we need to get off our chest? Before, 
I think like two weeks ago, um, maybe two weeks before part one came out, so three weeks ago, I had watched the like just Dennis Rodman 30 for 30 um, back when I thought this was supposed to be just a Michael Jordan thing and they'd like touch on him. And like, yeah, his story is just crazy. It's just the wildest stuff. I, I learned so much in that one. And I was like, I think there's a lot that people who weren't familiar with Robin, like I was a few weeks ago, other than like, I, I know the, cre- I know the general overtone of stuff, but I didn't know a lot of the Rodman like backstory until three weeks ago. And I was like, I'm sure people got that this past weekend. I was like, a lot that was left out because they did an ep- a entire one of these that was just him between like the, he like he was graduated high school and was five nine and all the homeless he stuff worked at an airport cover worked at the he was, airport he, he was just they, a guy they didn't even touch on the like having a new family when he turned 20 or whatever and he was like best friends with this 12 year old that he happened to be the camp counselor for and that kid had no friends because he accidentally shot and killed his friend or brother or whatever and nobody would be friends with him but then because they were both mis- misfits like Robin was in there. Hey, when that happens, I was largely glossed over. It's relatable. What um, I I don't know. I think I I personally have to start wrapping up a little bit. And we have mm-hmm. a visitor from the outside world, our Kenneth Poon, Kenny. Uh, bring home whatever you want, kid. Hey, what are you doing here? You're on you mute. You can say something friend. about the Knicks if you want. You are on. You mute. are on mute. You are on mute. Oh. I um I don't I don't even know guys. I came here. Okay. I was I uh I was working when you guys started recording and uh I decided to come to the end of this. Um not not much to add. I know uh you guys were talking a little while ago about the the Dennis Rodman going to Vegas thing. Um I don't know if they mentioned when it was. I went back into the the game logs and it looks like Rodman played 80 games that season. He missed two games in January. One, it says he did not dress. The other, it says he was not with the team. So uh, I don't know if – if I'm guessing he was at the game that he did not dress. Otherwise, they would have said he was not with the team. And that other one, January 23rd, 1998, might have been a, a game that he missed due to this uh, midseason vacation, vacation which is uh, – it's fun. So the game he did not dress was January 21st. The game that he missed was the 23rd. And then the next game that he played in was the 25th. So, and he didn't start that game. So it might've been right after the vacation. I hope this, how about this? I hope it becomes a thing. I hope guys start asking like, Hey, I'm going to need two Rodmans per year in my contract. Like 72 hours. You guys don't get to ask where I am. I mean, I, think I saw what- Serge Ibaka tweeted. He said that he's going to ask uh, Nick nurse if he can go to Paris fashion week for a little mid season. <laughs> vacation so now that they have you know player management and time management and stuff like that yeah. i feel like this could actually be a thing like you guys are joking but like maybe yeah. maybe know. you get all the load management out by just like you get a full week or two just away and you're basic basically don't gotta sit throughout the year you got you got a second all-star break and hey, Silver can use it to still promote the game. Like, imagine you're out in Vegas and you see it's like, oh my God, Paul George is on his Rodman right now. It's like, ah, <laughs> oh, this is nuts, man. And it's like, oh, you're um, only allowed to play 77 games a year. Uh, I hope, I hope Nick Nurse five. 
Nick Nurse just tells Serge Ibaka, like, hey, man, you could go, but not Fashion Week. (laughs) Do do anything else but that. (laughs) I think we should be in charge of the league. We got some good ideas. Yeah, if we uh, if if anyone's got the the plan to yeah. mandatory to Rodman's five game series, um, <laughs> or best of five first round, we're there. There. All right, boys. Any anybody got anything else? The mass Singer is calling me. No. No, I, I can't wait for this next uh, Knicks focused last dance installment. I will say like each of the installments so far have been like focused at the very beginning on someone like the Phil Jackson episode, but it eventually just kind of leaks out into, you know, the, the, the rest common of the story. Thread. Right? It all comes together, right. In the common thread, like you said, in the, in the final season, but they do like to, to start each episode with like a, a real focus on something. So if it's really the Knicks, that'll be pretty cool. I'm, I'm excited about that. It would be, it would nice. be cool if we, we get some Knicks. And, yeah, again, like, I think we're supposed to get some Kobe. I think we're supposed to get, like, MJB coming, MJ, like Mike, the Seinfeld clip and all that. Like, they, they might have some really cool celebrity interviews coming up. So, and these are going to be great no matter what. So, Former Chicago resident Barack Obama. Yeah. <laughs> Very O. Saw a meme with him today. Tell that story again, Jake. It sucked. Um, whoa. Who said that? Getting punchy. Getting, <laughs> getting chippy in here. Um, hey, if you're listening to this, you're missing hoops as much as us. Um, and yeah, hope if we ever get news on that, we'll get something. Uh, hopefully a couple weeks, couple months, couple, couple years. Um, if not, like Tom said, um, if we, I think we're going to get some silly Knicks stuff in the, in the last dance. And who knows, the New York Knicks, they've, they've got a tendency to make news whenever you don't expect it. So if we get anything on that, you'll hear from us too. Big Baby David, Tom, a late jump in from Kenny Poon. I'm Jake. And we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next time on Talking Knicks. Let's go Knicks. Knicks take.